Well, God bless you, and welcome to uh, our second episode here on uh, Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Flores, and I again want to uh, have a discussion regarding Jesus and the Bible. That's what we did on the first session. We want to now start talking about you and your Bible, or how the Christian should be viewing the Bible. We gave we gave some insight uh, on our last on our last episode regarding how Jesus viewed his Bible and how he viewed the Old Testament or the Torah, the law, how he used it, how he answered the Pharisees and society and the culture with, um, with uh, have you not heard, it is written, you know, etc. So uh, listen to yesterday's uh, session to get caught up if you've missed it. But um, again, invite your friends to download uh, Prophetic Whispers. It's going to be an exciting journey in God's Word. And uh, and nothing's off the table where we'll be discussing everything uh, biblical, everything psychological, how people think, uh, the culture, and uh, how it affects the church. And so we are going to jump in this exciting portion on how a Christian should be looking at the Bible. How should the Christian look at the Bible? And again, what spurred this discussion is the fact that they begin to burn the Bibles in the street of America. Okay, uh, there, I'm sure there's been isolated incidences. I'm sure that there's been places where it has happened. But now it's happening in Main Street. It's happening uh, down Broadway, so to speak, down in Portland. Okay, and uh, in there, there was a large, there was a large Antifa group that got together and started burning the Bible. And again, that is some of the things that is happening in China. Okay, and um, all around the world. So these movements are now in our main in our main cities and they are starting to burn down the institutions come against the history of our nation and so um, this sparked how this discussion regarding how a Christian should look at the Bible I mean I haven't heard very much outrage I've heard alarm from a few but no defense for uh, for the gospel in this from the main street media church. Okay, I'm talking about the mega churches, the the men of the men of God that have large platforms um, that should be speaking out against the very the very actions of these of these evil actors. And so uh, that sparked my discussion uh, with you. That's why I'm having this. Uh, I decided to go on podcast. Uh, so that uh, YouTube wouldn't censor me and Facebook wouldn't censor me. I mean, uh, it's getting to that point to where uh, all all conservative voices or all biblical or theological voices are being silenced once you start hitting on some major cores, chords. And um, and that's, it shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. So I'm going to talk to you on episode number two on Prophetic Whispers on on uh, Jesus, you, and the Bible. Okay, Jesus, you, and the Bible. And so, uh, a quick, a quick review. We don't forget how Jesus responded to the questions of the day. Uh, have you, have you not read? It is written. Search the scriptures. You have heard, but I say. So those are common responses from Jesus regarding the book, regarding the culture, and how it tried to trap him and trap him and tried to take him in a in a different way. Now the world, the world is struggling with propaganda. Okay, what's propaganda? Pro- propaganda are stories that are n- lies, and what they are used for. 
to they're used to drive a wedge between you and the truth okay and so the propagandas are out there okay the propagandas are out there and you need to avoid them i need to avoid them okay and so i want us to take a good look at jesus you and your bible okay so we covered jesus and the bible now is jesus you and the bible i want to read something to you real quick from um uh, Dr. Croswell, uh, a scholar, you know, uh, and he writes, W.A. Criswell, and uh, he writes in his book, Why I Preach That the Bible is Literally True. Okay, this is a preacher's book. Okay, this is, uh, this is scholastic, this is scholarship, and I want to read a little paragraph uh, to you. Okay, I believe that the Bible is literally true because it is, because of the miraculous wonder working of God in the book. The Bible is an amazing phenomenon in the, in the earth. Anyone who has studied the history and the origin of the divine word must be overwhelmed at the mysteries, the mysterious methods of its formation. That it ever was a book and is today the book of, of the modern world is really a literal, literary miracle. Now, that, that's a mouthful, okay? That this book written so long ago is still the book of today. There's still debate and fighting, and this is still driving. This is still driving the nation, okay? Um, this is absolutely an amazing book. Watch this. Just think of this. There never was any order given to any man to plan the Bible, nor was there any concerted plan on the part of men to write the Bible. The way in which the Bible gradually developed through the centuries is one of the mysterious mysteries of time. Little by little, part by part, century by century, it came out in disconnected fragments and unrelated portions written by various men without any intention of any attention, anything like concerted agreement. The Bible was written on two continents, in countries hundreds of miles apart. One man wrote one part of the Bible in Syria, another one wrote the part in Arabia, a third wrote another portion in Italy and in Greece. They wrote in the desert of Sinai, in the wilderness of Judea, in the caves of Abdullam, in the public prison of Rome, in the Isles of Patmos, in the palaces of Mount Zion and, and Shushan. But the rivers, by the rivers of Babylon, and by the banks of the Shabar, such a variety of places and circumstances were the various bits of this strange mosaic created. No literary phenomenon in the world can be compared to it. That's the word of God. This is what drives the world crazy. This is what drives this uh, ungodly. Um, action is this book is still driving them crazy and they don't realize that it is infallible and it is inerrant in unable to fail and and complete in all its wisdom and knowledge is perfect okay so we're going to be discussing that so in light of that in light of that brief little reading i gave you um that's a perspective that's a scholarship perspective uh Brother Criswell gives you the ideas of of why the Bible is so miraculously just in a literary sense, in the sense of its writing, how it came from very many different parts of the world, different places, different times, different, but yet now the mosaic comes together in Christ and it's and it's written out uh, years later and it's canonized and, and you see the process of the Word of God that is so powerful today. At, 
let's look at um, my next kind of segue into what I really want to talk to you about is looking at some great quotes about the Word of God from some great men of God, um, leaders and giants and generals of their generations. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, okay? Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with with our years. <laughs> I love that. The Word gets deeper and it gets wider with the years. You never outgrow the Scriptures. That's Spurgeon. How about Billy Graham, where the Bible... Uh, we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. That's so important. Maybe in, in this concept of Billy Graham, maybe the world respects the Bible the same way the church has neglected it. Okay, just food for thought. Here's another one from Martin Luther, the great reformer. The Bible is the cradle in which Christ is laid. That's another powerful statement. The Bible is the cradle where Christ is laid, Martin Luther. Here's another one from one of our great, the greatest, probably the greatest uh, uh, 21st century theologian on Paul, um, on Paul in the New, Testa New Testament um uh, scholarship is Dr. N.T. Wright, and he says this, the Bible is the book of my life. It's the book I live with, the book I live by, and the book I will die by. Very powerful. That lets you know the commitment to the book. It lets you know that this, after studying the book, it, become, it becomes the entire consumption of life. Here's Dr. Dr. A.W. Tozer. Okay, A.W. Tozer, one of the greatest preachers uh, in the 19th century, says this, or the 20th century, says this, The Word of God, the Word of God well understood and religiously obeyed is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. And we must not select a few favorite passages to exclusion of others. Nothing less than the whole Bible can make a whole Christian. I love that. Nothing less than the whole Bible makes a whole Christian. That's A.W. Tozer. And so with that in mind, what I want you to see in all these statements, the amazing perspective of how the Word of God came together and why the Word of God is so intriguing on a literary or a as literature, how it all came together through centuries and through history and through different parts of the world and through different writers and, and all that. And now you have those that have this book in their hand and as they study the book, they realize it's more than a book. It's a person. They realize that this is this is the meaning of life. This is the description of life. This is the revelation of God's intentions for life. And, you know, Billy Graham, you know, when he says, we are the Bibles the world is reading, we are the creeds the world is needing, we are the sermons the world is heeding. That's a powerful statement that they're looking at us and they're seeing how we live out the Bible. We are the ones that they will follow into the kingdom of God. I love Martin Luther. The Bible is the cradle where Christ is laid, absolutely, and I love N.T. Wright's commitment to the Word of God. This is the book I live by. This is the book that, that, I, that I will die by. Amen. Amen. So let's look now. Now you know their perspectives. Now you know what they look, how they look at the Word of God. Some of our great leaders, some of our forefathers, um, you know, uh, that, that laid, the, laid this great um, information out and perspective on the Word of God. Now it's time to see what the Bible requires from you, the Christian, from me, the Christian. Okay, Psalms, 10, uh, Psalms 119, 103 in the New King James says this, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than the honey to the mouth. 
through your precepts i i get understanding therefore i hate every false way the message bible says it this way your words are choice and so tasty i prefer them to to the best home cooking with your instruction i understand life that's why i hate false propaganda the word of god listen the word of god it's, it's tasty the word of god is sweet the word of god draws you in okay there has to be a a, a hunger or a desire for god's word okay Listen, anytime you get a good meal, you always desire that meal again. You want more and you more. Hence, you know, Psalms where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So now we see uh, in the Message Bible, the same, the same verse, 119, 103, it says that your words are so choice, so tasty. I prefer them to the best home cooking. With your instruction, I understand life. That's why I hate false propaganda. Again, the Word of God is your reality. The Word of God is my reality. Psalms 19.10 uh, says this, more desired, listen, more desired are they than gold. See the word, your words are more desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. This is the desire towards God's Word. This is showing the appetite that one must must acquire in order to really be strong in faith, strong in the knowledge of God, strong in their commitment, ready to lay it all out on the line at all times. It's that I want your word. I desire your word. I desire the truth. This is what is required. This is a perspective, okay, what the word of God requires from you. You need to hunger for it. You need to really want this word, okay? Psalms 119 says, Oh, how I loved your law, okay? Oh, how I loved your law. Again, if you read Psalms 119, you begin to see this statement over and over. Oh, how I loved your law, okay? Um, this required read. If you're a preacher, you need to read and study Psalms 119, the whole, the whole chapter. It's a big one, but it's worth it because it is the preacher. It's the formation of a man of God. It's your right perspectives of God's Word. It's what God's Word does in you. What God, God's Word does to you. What God's Word does through you is all in Psalms 119. And it says this, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all day. Okay, we see this um, this idea now is beginning to form that the Christian must love the law, must love the Word of God. The Christian must love the Torah. And back in that, back in Psalms, you're looking back and he says, I love your law. I love your Torah. I love your prophets. I love your Word. Okay. Psalms 119, 105 says, your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my paths. Okay. When you start looking at that, um, you start saying, okay, now not only is God's word delicious, but God's word is directional. God's word is illuminating. Okay, watch what it's watch how that reads in um, in the Message Bible and in the Passion Bible. Let's let's look at the Passion Bible first, and it says this. Doctor Simmons writes it this way: it says truth shining, truth's shining light guides me. In, in my choices and my decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. What is he saying here? How I, I love this translation because it says truth. It says your law. Your, it's truth. See, this is what the world is fighting. They're fighting objective truth that everybody that reads the word of God knows and reads that it's true. So by by creating their own narrative, they make they make truth subjective 
basically personal opinion or personal preference instead of objective that you acknowledge it that everybody by reason sees that it is true okay that's objective truth so um the passion bible your truth shining truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions man that's a powerful statement let's look at how it reads in the message bible by your words i can see where i'm going they they throw a beam of light on my dark past. This this lets you know, this confirms so much here of the, the desire of a Christian to love the law of God, what it does for them. What, what does it create in them? What does it, uh, what does it dispel? What does it dispel? It dispels darkness, confusion, the word of God. The, again, the entrance of the word bringeth forth light and so when the light comes in all the shadows are gone when the light comes in the word of god comes in all darkness has to flee joshua 1 8 gives us that same final push the book of the law the book of the law okay that's that's an important statement the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, I like this. I like this. And the reason I really put this in here was because it says for the book, for the book. Okay, that, that word book is the Hebrew word sefer. Okay, and that word means the writings. Okay, it means the documents. It means the book, a, a bill. It means the evidence of a discussion, the evidence of, the evidence of uh, concepts and thoughts and, and, um, and, and knowledge and, and insight and, and, and intellect was all put in a book. And so he says, this book, the thoughts, the intellect, the, the thinking of God, will not depart from my mouth man and i will meditate on it day and night so now we have a perspective from the word from from psalms and we have a perspective from the word of god what is required of me as a christian in my approach to the word of god okay i must become i must become one that says i love the law i think about the law i think about the word of god that's what i that's the christian that i want to be the one that will defend it the one that looks at the one that looks at the word of god as holy and and sacred and and uh, and I will protect it. I will protect the essence of what the Word of God is and what it represents. Psalms fifty fifty six eight says this. I hope I hope you're enjoying this discussion today on prophetic whispers. It says this fifty six eight through ten. You number my wanderings. Put my tears. You put tears um, into your bottle, and they are not. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, the enemies the enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. In God, I will praise His Word. In the Lord, I will praise His Word. This gives you this place of gratitude. This gives you this place that I know I may be going through some things, but you are writing. You are writing the situations down in your book. You are carrying my tears, my sorrows, my pains. You're putting them in a bottle. I know that you are for me. That's a powerful scripture, 56, 8 through 10. And watch, what it, watch how it reads in the Passion Bible. It says, uh, Dr. Simmons writes it this way, you kept track of all my wanderings and my keeping and my weeping. You stored many tears in your bottle. Not one would be lost. 
for they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. The very moment I call for you, for your father's help, the tide of the battle turns and the enemies flee. I love that, that God comes to the rescue. Why? Because he remembers. He holds my tears. He sees the tyranny. Watch this. He goes, this one thing I know, God is on my side. I trust the Lord. I praise him. I trust in the word of God and I praise him. This is the Christian's perspective. Regardless of what we go through, I trust in the Lord. I trust in the word of God. I will praise him. That's a powerful that that's powerful right there. That is that is and that should be my model. That should be your model moving forward. That we learn to say, I love the law of God. I will I love the word of God. I I, I I'm ambitious for the word of God. I'm 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 hungry, I'm stirred in my spirit. Psalms 40 verse 8 says, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. So once we begin to do the will of God, the will of God begins to make an exchange from the outside to the in, from the intellect to the spirit. It begins to be part of who I am. The message says this way. This I love how the message says it because it takes this word delight that means to love overwhelmingly, to be so, to be so content with, to, to look favorably upon. Watch this. It says, so he, so Dr. Um, Dr. Eugene Peterson says this on his, on his uh, view of, uh, Psalms 40 verse 8, and I'm coming to the party you're throwing for me. That's when God's word entered my life, became part of my very being. So there is a party. There's a party God's inviting you to. There's a party God's inviting me to because of his word. When it enters my heart, everything changes. It's time. It's a time of delight. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that beautiful? That is, that should be your perspective of God's word. Okay. That when I hear God's word, I love truth. I love the law. So guess what? When the truth comes to me, I have a party with it and it becomes part of my being. The Passion Bible, um, Dr. Simmons writes it this way. I delight to fulfill your will, my God, for, for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. Beautiful way to say it. So now we know that the Christian, the Christian today must love the word of God. Love the Word of God, okay? Love the law of God. That's number one. Number two, he must or she must love truth. So the New Testament Christian must love truth, okay? John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, okay? The Passion Bible that I'm reading, most of the first portions that I'm reading are the New King James. That's my preaching, that's my preaching uh, Bible, okay? But um, these other translations, uh, Passion says it this way, Loving me empowers you to obey my commandments. Loving me empowers you to obey my commandments. So this loving of God, this, this I love the law of God, therefore I love the law giver, therefore he empowers me to obey the commandments. Amen. Amen. Watch what the Message Bible says. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. Man, powerful statements, powerful translations that they have. Okay. So again, the love for truth. If you love me, keep my commandments. We must begin to love the truth. Now here's, here's where we just kind of sealed the deal uh, today in this second episode. Um, and Jesus 
Jesus begins to challenge the people. He challenges the disciples. He challenges everybody around him. He just feeds he just feeds a multitude and then they're all gathering in. The crowds are going crazy. Uh, he's surrounded by everything. But then Jesus wrecks the shop by laying down some truths. What he says, if... Um, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you know, the, I, I love what Lance Walnow calls it, the Dracula sermon, you know, where you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you know, and the people just freaked out. Many left him. Um, and then when all the 5,000 departed, some confused, some upset, um, people just left after that. Jesus laid down the word, laid down the truth, gave them, gave them a sermon to, to, uh, to separate the sheep from the goat. Look at verse 66 of uh, chapter 6 of John. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Again, this is not Pollyanna Christianity. And this is what we have in our day. The seeker-friendly church. The seeker-friendly preacher. The seeker-friendly situations that we are now in. Or we formerly call this politically correct uh, situation. Jesus was not politically correct. He was spiritually correct. He was direct. He came to bring the sword. He did not came the sword and the rod. He did not come to bring to to, to come and play uh, dominoes with them. He came to separate. He came to to call that which was his. And he did it with this very fine sermon. He showed he showed uh, the power of truth. How it separates people, okay? Jesus was saying, I'm not trying to convince them. I'm trying to let them know that I'm just clarifying my stance. I'm giving them clarification. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, boom, it's over. They didn't like it. They left. Now he says, from that moment on, his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Many of his disciples didn't walk with him. Then Jesus said to his twelve, his inner circle, the people, Do you want to go away? Do you also want to go away? Do you want to leave me too? And then Peter comes up. And Peter says this, But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and to know that you are the Christ, the Son of of the living God. Powerful truth. Look at what Peter does. He goes, look, we don't understand why you said what we said, but something happens to our heart when you speak. We know it's true, even though we don't understand it, even though we don't, we don't get all your messages, even though we ask questions. Lord, we know that no one else has the words of eternal life, but you. You are the Son of the living God. So this is a powerful truth that even though sometimes we don't understand certain things in the Bible or preaching or sermons, we do understand this, that no else, no other place in this world can you ever get eternal life but through the Word of God. So the true believer, the true believer must love truth. Okay? Must love truth. Okay? Now, the love for Scripture is your hallmark. Because when you open the Scriptures and you love the Scriptures, you're going to find many promises. You're going to find direction for your life. You're going to find comfort. You're going to find wisdom. You're going to find courage. You're going to find 
peace. You're going to find strength. You're going to find understanding. You're going to find your true identity. You're going to find healing for your body and your mind and your soul. You're going to find creation, the creator, and all the, the creative aspects, the great ex nihilo of God, meaning he created nothing. He created something from nothing. You're going to understand authority on, on all levels. You're going to understand what it is to be secure in life and your future secure in his hands. You're going to find out about the family of God. You're going to find out about building a family. You're going to find out about building strong marriages. And finally, I end this last this last little portion of the of this uh, episode number two with not only must you love truth and you must love the law, but now you must hunger for the truth. I'm saying that again. You must hunger for the truth. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and he writes in in First Thessalonians one five. He says, "For our gospel did not come to you by word only, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were amongst you." Okay. Now watch this. Watch what it says in that word assurance is the word conviction. Okay, that word conviction. That means because we preach the word of God, the word of God convicted you now begin to you now begin to become stronger and bigger and better and emboldened because you didn't take our words as words from mere men. You took them as words of God. You took them as as we were God's oracle. Now watch how it reads in the Message Bible. Watch how Eugene Peterson writes and translates this. I like it. He says, "When the message, when the message which preached, which we preach came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened in you. The Holy Spirit put steel in your convictions. So what I love that because what he says is there's a transition here. There's a transaction here. If you give God your heart, he'll put steel inside of your convictions. He'll put steel inside of you. See the Christian, the Christian must have convictions, things that we will not give up things that we will not allow to happen, things that we will not permit in our lives and in our generation. The Holy Spirit puts steel in your convictions. That's what happens. That's what happened when they had the right perspective of listening to the Word of God. Watch what the Passion Bible says in the same verse. I love these three perspectives. For our gospel came to you, not merely in the form of words, but in mighty power, infused with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Surely you remember how we lived our lives transparently before you, you to encourage you. In other words, Paul speaks of the same thing. We came, we preached with mighty signs, with powerful words. Something happened to you. Why? Because you didn't take the words as from mere, coming from mere men. They came from the Holy Spirit. Then 1 Thessalonians, same, same book, different chapter, 2 reads this way. Okay, and I'm closing with this. It says this, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Okay, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Isn't that powerful? How you receive truth. How hungry are you for truth? 
Okay, so when your pastor is preaching there on Sunday and the word of God's coming and you can feel the word of God being preached, hey, take it as coming from God. That is God's word coming to you. That's the rhema. That is the reo, the flowing of the river of God through the scriptures coming to you. Watch what it says. Watch how it reads in the in the Message Bible. Okay, he says, and now we look back on all this and thank God and artisan well of thanks when you got the message of god we preached you didn't pass it off as just one more human opinion but you took it to heart as god's true word which it is god himself at work in you the believers isn't that powerful how you take truth is important as hearing truth how you hear it, how you take it, how you perceive it, how you look at it. So the Christian today must love the law, they must love truth, and they must hunger for truth. That is the true Christian. This burning of the Bible should rise something up inside of you. The society that's gone crazy, the, the ones that are pushing these things out, okay? The Antifas, the far left, this, this um, anarchists that are coming to uproot all the institutions of our great country. As they're doing that, what they're saying is that God's, God's word is just man's opinion. We're going to replace it. No, no, no. Because we know it's God's word. Our convictions will not allow that to happen. Watch what it says here in the Passion Bible. This is why we continually thank God for, for your lives. Because you received our message wholeheartedly. You embraced it not as the fabrication of men, but as God's as the word of God and the word continues to be energizing force in your life so the word of God continues to be an energizing force in the word of God in, in uh, energizing force in you who believe so again now we see the activity of how I approach truth how I listen to God's word that word begins to energize me. That word begins to become a force in me. That word begins to take me to different levels and, and start to create energy in my life in righteous moments and righteous movements and righteous activities. And all of a sudden, I began to become what I always was intended to be, a son of God, a Christian. So today I leave this... this, this um, this podcast with you, number two, just to let you know that how you look at the Word of God as a Christian is highly important. How you handle truth is highly important. How you love God's Word is highly important because we have the eternal Word of God. Well, God bless you. Share this message with many people out there. If you have friends and people that would like to hear daily messages fresh off the press, just again, subscribe to my uh, my page right there. And so far I'm on Spotify and I uh, believe it's Pocket Cast at this point. And I'm sure we'll be on iTunes and all the major all the major uh, podcast places. So keep, keep looking up, subscribe, pass it on, and let's keep the Word of God fresh in our hearts and in our minds. And remember, love God's law, love God's word, hunger for truth in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.